I wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. Then plan was to wrestle the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky 3 idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie and I thought the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. He said, yes, he's the boss. So I said, okay, I need to be cleared to wrestle first. They kept saying it could just be a squash. So I don't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again, Kevin. Yeah, can you reread re the portion where he says that Moxley refused to lose to him? Yeah, just reread that part for me. Um, oh my god. I'm trying to dig through it because I hate how this statement was worded. If you've seen the screenshot, it's just this like 30 line long Instagram story. I know, it's it's so egregious. And for those of you who don't know what we're referring to, this is a Instagram post that CM Punk put on his Instagram story that then he deleted, I assume, like right after. But it, it was long up long enough for people to screenshot it and it circulated uh, throughout the internet. And this was like, what, like three hours after Cultaholic and WrestleMania and all these news sources were reporting that Punk wanted to come back to AEW? So that just makes yes. it more fascinating. But pal, please read it. Please read that. You have it ready? Yes. yes. Okay. So Punk goes in the middle of the statement. Hey, this is John Moxley, Jonathan Good, the 2022 Wrestler of the Year, said he wouldn't lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. Okay. So here I'm pulling up the All Out 2022 results. And I'm just going to go ahead and look at the main event of what took place in All Out 2022. Oh, yeah. CM Punk defeated John Moxley in a singles match for the AEW World Championship. <laughs> so, Isn't, this Isn't this ridiculous? Go on, Kevin. John Moxley refused to lose to him? Am I crazy? Like, that happened. We all saw it. See a Punk beat John Moxley. Wow. So the common denominator here is CM Punk is difficult to work with. He had a difficult time in WWE, even though he was making just as much money, if maybe a little bit less than Cena and Lesnar and Undertaker. Still pretty good. He was main eventing pay-per-views. He was WWE champion for a long time. Was he the actual top guy? Maybe not. Who cares? He was still in the main events and a very important part of the show. He was unhappy with that. Then he goes to the UFC. That was a mess. But he didn't really... There's no real, like, dirty allegations there, but just a mess. And then everybody's like, oh, he's got to go to AEW. And Punk goes to AEW, cuts this big promo about how, like, WWE made him sick. And Tony Khan and AEW and the fans regarnished his love for wrestling and we're what what is that like 18 months ago august 2021 yeah. we're about 18 months removed from that big promo segment full of just pomp and circumstance and woe is me and wb treated me wrong the management treated me wrong he accused the what the doctors are trying to kill him 
you know, the old famous, oh, I had a, a swole, my elbow was swollen the size of a baseball or his back or whatever it was. Yep. And now here we are, and he's also in this statement accusing the medical staff and Tony Khan forcing him to wrestle when he wasn't cleared. It's just, I hope it's an angle. I really hope it's an angle, but it's just enough with this guy, bro. I'm, I don't care. I just don't care for this nonsense. Kevin, the thing with Punk is that with him, he blurred the lines with reality and to the point where he was literally just stating real life stuff on television and that was what was getting him popular. And that's happened in 2011. That's what skyrocketed his fame, skyrocketed his celebrity. That's what got me invested back when I was getting into wrestling all those years ago. And now we look at this and I read this statement and I don't read this as like, if this was in storyline, he, he it's maybe about a, a third of the length of what this was. And it's just him saying like, Moxley sucks. I'm going to, you know, kick your ass when I come back or something like that. Something more straight to the point. If it was actually a storyline sort of thing, it'd be that, Kevin. Instead, it's just this like 30 line long riffraff about, you know, woe is me. I rejected this idea. Saying like Tony Khan, this the boss wanted. I, I can't believe Tony Khan wanted this. And Moxley, like, oh, that guy wanted to, you know, me to lose. And I've never had someone, I, I struggle to believe that in 20 plus years in wrestling, he's never had an opponent go, I think I should go over in this match and not you, Phil. Like, I, I struggle to believe that. And then the, the part down the bottom about accusing the medical staff, I'm never wrestling hurt again. <sighs> and then the bit about Meltzer and Jericho and, I'm not going to deny that Meltzer isn't a liar. We've literally seen that week after week with the Wrestling Observer and the reports he comes out with. But even still, is that really necessary? It's just, it, it, it's a bitch fit on Instagram story, Kevin. He deleted it. But as you point to, the underlying, underlying common denominator here is that Phil Brooks comes off as petulant with stuff like this. That is this a is great the- word, petulant. That is a great way to describe it. Kevin, this is what stays behind closed doors. This is what does not reach social media. This is what stays inside the confines of a meeting room, a boardroom. That's what adults do. I know professional wrestling, especially nowadays, it's a bunch of marky man children for the most part running around trying to have great matches. I get that. But this, this was completely unnecessary. I saw this and was like, oh, my God, this guy again. This used to be my favorite wrestler for many years. And then as time went on, stuff like this happened. Now, this was only the other day, but the amount of, like, the Art of Wrestling podcast with Colt Cabana that you allude to, a two-hour-long insane explosive shoot interview with blistering allegations about WWE, about their medical team, about Vince McMahon, Triple H, Ryback, the like that Punk said wasn't a shoot and was just him, you know, saying how he felt when he really was just try- trying to throw shade and bury other people to make himself look good. That's what this is, Kevin. This uh, is Phil Brooks. He had to say it wasn't a shoot to avoid Punk. legal trouble. Correct. Correct. But Kevin, just I'll say one more thing. This was Sam Punk getting the shovel and throwing dirt at all these different people Khan, Meltzer, Jericho, Moxley, like all of it for what? Just, uh, I don't know, Kevin, over to you. What do you, what do you think now? I, I really don't have much more to say, honestly. Like, I'm so exhausted. 
talking about the like the backstage aura and the personality that is CM Punk. Because we've been talking about this now since like what January 2014 when he walked out. It's just like CM Punk's career is more remembered for things he didn't do in the ring. Yeah, he has the pipe bomb, but aside from the pipe bomb, he's gonna be remembered for the All Out Media Scrum. He's gonna be remembered for the that Art of Wrestling podcast episode. He's gonna be remembered for the lawsuits against WWE. He's gonna be remembered for just being known as a guy that complained and never got his way and was unhappy with like the whole world at his feet. And it's really, it's just, it's odd. It's really odd. And it speaks, I guess, to CM Punk, the unique person that he is. But I just don't understand what the end game is in posting mm. something like that. Like, is he posting that out of anger? Is he posting that because he wants to bury people? He wants to hurt people's feelings? And saying Chris Jericho's a stooge is, I mean, everybody knows Jericho's a stooge. Like, he doesn't hide it. He has Dave Meltzer on his podcast. He's been a guest on the on Talk is Jericho many times. So we know he's in Meltzer's ear. He's feeding Meltzer a lot of nonsense. Like, who do you think is feeding Meltzer the nonsense that leaks about the elite and Punk? Like, Jericho's probably the one that broke the story that, that Punk ha- had Cole Cabana fired or demoted to Ring of Honor. Hmm. Yeah, that's really all I got to say. Is there anything yeah. else you want to add or any other angle you want to throw I out there? Adding, I was adding one more point. I, just, I find it interesting with Punk, like, obviously, as you know, and all the listeners would probably know if you've been around for a little bit. As I said, this guy was my favorite wrestler. I thought this, this guy was phenomenal. He was, you know, he was so entertaining. He was interesting, especially as a kid. He, he would say, you know, the things no one else said. I thought he was really cool. But now as time goes on and you just see kind of, almost the hero become the villain in many ways with this. The, his mouth was his greatest asset and it's his greatest liability at the same time with Punk. And I find it appropriate with him, Kevin, that his big thing when he was in WWE was the WrestleMania main event. That's what like, defined his legacy almost. And in the years since he failed the main event at WrestleMania, Kevin, as of about a week from now, Kevin Owens is about to be a two-time WrestleMania main eventer most likely. We've had the Miz main event WrestleMania. We've had you know Styles as main evented. We've had Lawrence Taylor's main event at WrestleMania, but Phil Brooks is not. But he, he would have made event at WrestleMania had he just stayed around. He would have made event at least two or three by now. Hundred percent. But you know, as I said, his mouth and his attitude got the better, or the worst of him in this case. And yeah, it's, it's sad to see this. Like, I don't, I can't picture him coming back i mean we, i said this weeks ago this isn't like a new hot take overreaction just because of this instagram story but you see this and you just go okay backstage th- th- this guy's just a problem for aw and to be fair aw there's a lot of uh, some some flakier personalities backstage in aw a bit of sensitivity there um but nonetheless kevin cm punk hardly helps <laughs> in that so absolutely yeah, that's, that's all i have that's all i have we can move on Alright, I'm ready to talk about the scathing article that just dropped on Vincent Kennedy McMahon on Variety.com. I don't know if Variety is the originator, but this is where I got the article from. This came out at about 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the title of the article is, quote, Vince McMahon reimburses WWE $17.4 million for costs related to sexual misconduct investigation. It's just, I don't know what this means. It's not important 
in the grand scheme of things. But it's just so ridiculous to read that sentence. So let, let me read a little bit of the article. Yeah. So Vince McMahon has paid WWE $17.4 million for costs the wrestling entertainment company incurred in investigating misconduct allegations against the executive. First of all, my question is, why was WWE spending $17 million to find out if Vince McMahon harassed people? Or to find out if he fudged some numbers, was taking money out of people's paychecks and using that to pay off paralegals? What, what in the world could possibly cost $17.4 million? I, I don't have a clue, Kevin. I, that's one of those ones that just feels like they're doing any, like, and that's like anything for the sake of some positive PR. But I, that's just so weird. That sentence is hilarious. And also, I just want to say, I love how you say Vince McMahon. Like, how, how do I say it? It's just, like, just how you say it, Vince McMahon. I don't know. But anyway, carry on. Carry on, pal. I love it. Oh, oh man. Like, I just want to know. Like, what? Okay, Vince McMahon slept with a woman. What do, you, do, do you need $17.4 million to know that? You talk to people who were there. Talk to the woman. Take a DNA test. How much does a DNA test cost? I don't know. Like... <laughs> Whatever. All right, so here we go. Under an agreement reached with the company, McMahon on March 23rd paid WWE about $17.4 million, according to an SEC filing by WWE Friday. That was to reimburse the company for the costs that have been incurred and paid by the company and or its subsidiaries through January 31st, 2023, in connection with and or arising from the investigation conducted by a special committee of the company's board of directors, as well as related revisions to the company's financial statements and other related matters, WWE said. Wow. What, what an article that is, wow. Yeah, isn't that hilarious? That That's... is, wow. Oh, here's a, a little something else, too. Just a, a note. So, yeah. according to this article, Vince McMahon has paid $19.6 million dollars in hush money from 2007 2007 to current day that's how much money vince mcmahon has paid women hush money I just, <laughs> remarkable I just want how, much, how much money this is like for, for <laughs> most people like like you, know, you work your jobs you make i don't know how much like an average sort of like wage maybe a bit below maybe a bit above and the, these numbers that are being thrown around 19.4 million dollars 17 million dollars like, what am i hearing and of course it's it's vince mcmahon and hush money and which woman from the 2000s and who did vince get fired and it's just I don't know. This will keep playing out, Kevin. There's going to be much more with this Vince McMahon stuff that comes out in the next few months to year or years. Um, maybe even after Vince McMahon passes, much more will come out. Who knows? Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that headline is just something. Yeah, pal, what's the most you would pay for a, a woman's affection? What kind of question is that? Oh, my God. I mean, God. Vince McMahon paid $19.6 so <laughs> everybody's got a number. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. Ha ha ha. Virgil, sit down and bark. Like, come on. Like, where, where are you at, pal? Like, what's your budget? You had a million dollars for a paralegal? Oh, God. Well, it's all relative to how much vi money Vince has. Like, you know. <laughs> so, bro, he, bro he, could, he, could go, he could go to a place in, like, Atlanta, Georgia. Just go to a random club, pay, like, $400, bro. You could take a girl home, bro. 
that he cost the whole company $19.6 million. Can you imagine, like, pictures of Vince McMahon in the strip club, like, leaking, like, John Morant's photos, dude? Can you imagine that? <laughs> oh, my God. That would be ridiculous. You know, Vince McMahon got dollar bills. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, yeah, honey, dance on me. Like, oh, oh, you look like Candace Michelle. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's awful. I love that. No, that that's just a oh, wait. Anyway, Kevin, anything else you want to cover? I just, I can't get over this, pal. I, I can't get over how ridiculous it is. Like, I, can, can we just, for a second, can we list all of the, the evil things that Vince McMahon has done again? Because, you know, I love doing this. Do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? I, I'll do it. I love doing this. Yeah, so, allegedly, Vince McMahon covered up a, uh, a murder that one of his wrestlers committed. Jimmy Snuka killed his side chick. And then Vince oh, McMahon came in with a briefcase with hush money allegedly and paid off the cops to you know let jimmy snooker go and then it all came back to bite jimmy snooker he got he got indicted on like when he was about to die from cancer he's like six months away from dying he's got like court papers showing up at his house he got the rock making instagram posts about him i digress the ring boy scandal the steroid trial owen hart's death chris Benoit murder suicide he survived all that. He survived a wrestler dying in his ring on pay-per-view. Oh, oh, this is, but this the is one dull. thing that took him down is a paralegal. A paralegal took Vincent Kennedy McMahon down. Like, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like, the, bro, it, imagine all the stuff we know publicly about Vince McMahon. And let's not forget, he used a real-life war, the Persian Gulf War, to promote a WrestleMania. He had an American hero turn heel and align himself and become an Iraqi sympathizer in the middle of the Persian Gulf War. <laughs> he made Trish Stratus bark like a dog, nearly got WWE thrown off a TV. He had Triple H have sex with a dead woman in, in a cane mask in the middle of a funeral while a real-life funeral is going on in the next room. But, ha but having intercourse with a paralegal is what took him down. Can you believe that? And like I said, all the things we know about Vince McMahon, these are, these are all public things. What do we not know about him? <laughs> oh, God. Like, that's a video. That's a documentary that we need. We need a, a true tell-all. We need a Vince McMahon tell-all. <laughs> we need the unknown, the, the little-kept secrets of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Somebody do it, bro. Like, like, put it on, I don't know, the History Channel or whatever. We need this. Pal, you didn't even mention when he said the N-word on television in front of Booker T or when he, all that stuff at Sabu or, like, all the stuff in, from television in the mid-2000s he wrote himself to do, like, racist and all, all this stuff. <laughs> didn't even mention that. And it's like, bro, I, I can't imagine the stuff that's gone down that we don't know about. Because what we do, we know a lot, as you've just mentioned, and a lot of that, like one instant at a time is a horrid, horrendous, wrestlers dying, hush money to cover up murders, ring boy scandals, you name it. There's something to do with everything shady under the sun involving this guy, but it's the, it's the paralegal who brought him down past the hush money. And what a man. And then, and then in the face of the, the hush money allegations, he shows up on SmackDown. That 
What a legend. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is a legend. All things considered, that might be the funniest thing in wrestling in the last five years. Vince McMahon in the face <laughs> of blistering allegations, in the face of the media, the wrestling public, and everyone turning against him, everyone hating on him, slandering his name. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm on SmackDown this week, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just shows up. It's like, welcome to SmackDown. Enjoy the show. <laughs> you go, Vince McMahon, are you ready for a good time, baby? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, just... That was great. I'm glad we got to do 10 minutes on Vince and Kennedy McMahon. And enjoy the rest of the show, everyone. Easy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week's Elite Heat. And Kevin, I can't just say, it's WrestleMania week. The anticipation... The buzz, the excitement's in the air, pal. We got two elite heats this week. This is our first one. We're doing this Cena Rock debate, discussion. That's going to be great. But first, I want to throw it over to you, Kevin. How do you feel? WrestleMania is this weekend. That's pretty crazy, eh? It's come around again. Absolutely. I mean, I'm excited, pal. You know, my excitement level, if you're asking me on a scale of 1 to 10, I've been more excited in my lifetime, particularly in my childhood for WrestleMania's. I say for this one, I'm like at a seven, which I think is considerably higher than I've been. Aside from the one I went to a couple of years ago at 37, it's probably the most excited I've been to like watch a WrestleMania on TV. I'm not sure. Maybe that that's the uh, the Roman Reigns effect. Maybe that's the Cody Rhodes effect. I don't know what's going on, but we have a hell of a card actually, which we're going to talk in great detail about on that second episode that we spoke about. But how are you, pal? How are you feeling? In regards yeah, to WrestleMania. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. As, as we say, WrestleMania week. Um, WWE, in my honest opinion, have done a, a good job at getting like, the build and the hype going for this WrestleMania. I look no further than the main event, which we're going to discuss now. Reigns and Cody. Kevin, this has become a weekly segment with our show. And I feel like the listeners, from the feedback I've heard at least, love this. At just, at, like Where we're at with this, because it, it's genuinely changed every week for the last like two months where we're at with Reigns and Cody. Mm -hmm. To me, Kevin, we'll get your thoughts in a moment, but I watched that segment they did in the main event of Raw. I thought that was Cody Rhodes' best general performance, best promo segment he's done since his return. I thought he actually more than held his own and did a great job in that segment um, because, Kevin, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown when they did that promo face-off, I thought Roman Reigns wiped the floor with Cody Rhodes. Um, but this segment was much different. This segment, Roman Reigns came out strong once again. Reigns' delivery, as we've discussed, has gotten so much better. He's so much more blunt. And he, he has such great quotes now, which is awesome. Like, he has very quotable lines for Cody Rhodes. The one about him having to start his own company to try and get over, but he couldn't even do that, I thought was great. And then Cody, he came out with a bang as well. Like, the, the whole part about... Come April 3rd, you're going to be a Roman without a reign, uh, a tribal chief without a tribe. The bloodlines, what's, what's going to happen when you lose, Roman? Heyman's just become an advocate. Jey Uso's going to leave you. He's barely hanging on as is. Jimmy Uso's going to leave you. Solo doesn't even, like, Solo's using you. He's not ready yet. Trust me, I know. Like, I, I, it was just great. Like, it was a really well done segment. So, Kevin, that's my brief thoughts. What did you think? Yeah, he, he really cut deep. Honestly, Cody did and bringing up Jey Uso wanting to leave him and bringing up like the fact that Paul Heyman can just go do anything else. Like Paul Heyman really doesn't need Roman Reigns the way maybe Roman Reigns needed Paul Heyman. 
I, I thought it was good. Um, and I thought it did exactly what a promo is supposed to do. And that's get you excited for the match that we are going to see. Now, I know you said that your excitement level was, what, like a three? Like, right around, like, post-elimination chamber time? Your excitement level was like, oh, it's Roman Cody. Was it a three? Like a three and a half? Uh, yeah, so for me, about two weeks after the chamber, so, like, the beginning of March, I, I gave this a four for my excitement. This was before the first face-off. Hmm. Yeah, so where are you at now? Because I, I was at a uh, seven then. I'd say I'm probably, like, an eight now. I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm an eight after this. And real quick before I'll bounce back to you. I love the part with this. Like this, this I feel is a bit underrated. I love when Cody said enough about my dad. Stop mentioning his, this isn't about Dusty. He's not just going to show up and hit a bionic elbow on someone. He's dead. Well, this is about right now and the bloodline falling apart and me finishing my stock. I love that because Kevin, what I worried about was that for the whole year, it would just become Cody crying about his dad like every other week on Raw, which gets nauseating. But Cody made a conscious effort to go, nope, forget my dad. There's not a part of this. My brother's off wrestling somewhere else. You're just getting Cody at WrestleMania. And as you've said, Roman and Paul, that's a matchup nightmare for you. And what I'm here to do is end your reign. It's simple but really effective. And the fact that they're doing this Roman downfall thing, they're really teasing it. I thought was excellent. I think now's the time. Reigns has been champion for so long. Making this a part of the storyline is is just, it's the perfect thing to do heading into WrestleMania. So to Kevin, answer that. I'm an eight now. My excitement. Kyle, I have a question for you. Does Cody Rhodes watch Elite Heat? Was Cody Rhodes displaying awareness? Was that what we saw this past Monday on Raw? Like, like, cause you know, he, I know he knows that people are saying, all right, it's enough with the dusty references. Like we get it. You're dusty Rhodes' son. And you and I said this in the episode where we addressed if Cody's a main eventer, where I, I said uh, specifically that Cody, you know, he would just kind of ignore it. Like people wanted him to turn heel in AEW and he would come out and just be like, oh, I'm the baby face kissing babies, you know? Yep. Whatever. I- I'm the guy. I'm the king. But here he is, like, seemingly putting an end to the, the Dusty references, at least for now. And I thought it was, I think that's a really, that's a great sign, hopefully, <laughs> for the future. Maybe we should do more videos like Cody. Maybe we should just keep making videos about how we don't want to see Cody cry by the time he met Ricochet in a gym. And maybe he'll stop doing stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. No, like, Kevin, from Cody's performance on SmackDown last week... Where also when we're recording this, we haven't seen the SmackDown, I believe, for March 24th or whatever exact night. But the SmackDown from like March 17th or 18th, where Cody comes out and he's he's trying to get emotional. Kevin Owens and talk about how he met him in a you know seven years ago and he's on his way out the door and he he respected him. What we saw then versus what we saw in this Monday Night Raw segment versus Roman night and day. This Cody Rhodes is someone who I would be fine with dethroning Roman Reigns. A Cody cutting promos like that, really self-aware, really interesting, really progressing the storyline in a way that's compelling. That sort of thing, I, I really love to see. I thought that segment was fantastic. I saw some people saying it's a generational segment. I don't know about that, Kevin. What even is a generational segment anymore? I don't know. But what we got on Raw with Roman and Cody, 
I thought was great. Can I say this too about the future of Roman Reigns? Yeah. Cody tapping into like like you said the downfall of the bloodline, the downfall of Roman Reigns. I think WWE can make a lot of money off of that storyline. I mean, what, there's like there's very few more intriguing storylines in entertainment throughout the years in movies and TV than the downfall of the mafia boss. But watching this mafia boss do whatever it takes to to stay on top, whether that's you know backstabbing his own cousin or bringing in somebody else that the family doesn't approve of and making them their, his right hand man, there's so many things they could do with that. And, and it makes you wonder, like, are, are we, I don't know, I don't know if, we, if you want to answer this question fully, but are, are we seeing maybe, like, a point where Cody is almost, it's almost too predictable that Cody wins? And, and Roman might just keep the title and maybe they start playing this downfall of Roman Reigns fully? I don't know. This is why now WrestleMania is so interesting to me, because I, I can see either man winning. I think if Cody wins... As you say, this downfall of Roman storyline, this can legitimately be a year-long storyline. You can have Reigns taking, obviously, a couple of weeks off like he's doing at the moment, but he can have the feud with Jey Uso at SummerSlam. That can be a whole month, two-month-long storyline. That doesn't need titles, and that'll be phenomenal, as we saw. You can have Reigns versus Jimmy Uso, maybe. Reigns versus Sokoa later in the year. Sokoa turns on Roman. Maybe Roman versus The Rock, potentially, next WrestleMania still. Is like the final match for this character. And you can have a whole year of this. And the titles don't need to be on him. The show can roll on however it may with Cody and whoever they figure out with the titles. And this Roman storyline, to me, will be the most compelling thing on the show. Unless Cody or whoever's the champion is doing a great job. Because as you allude to, this storyline has the makings to be one of the best things we've seen in a long time. Obviously, Reigns is the top guy who has been incredible for these number of years as the, the champion, but it can be a part of the storyline. It eats him away that he couldn't get to day 1000. He fell short. Like you know, for all the dominance he had for nearly three years, he, he couldn't get to day 1000. And then like that, that bothers him more than anything. And the fact that his family's cost him what would have been like an absolute legacy seal of at the 1000 day run, like, like something like that can fuel him and drive. There's so much storyline stuff there for that. So yeah, to answer that question, hundred percent. There's plenty of room there. Yeah, I mean, they could even go about it where, like, he keeps the title at WrestleMania, and then they just start, like, slowly telling us the downfall of Roman Reigns, where, like, he beats himself, basically. Where he just becomes, like, so power-hungry, or just, like, loses all his sense of value, and becomes vulnerable, and then he ends up, like, costing himself the title, in a way. There's so many different ways they could go with it. Roman Reigns is clearly the most intriguing part of uh, of wrestling, period, and it's going to be that way for a while. Um, but as far as intrigue and build up, mm. yep, I-, I think this segment saved the build up for Roman versus Cody because it was kind of shaky up until this point. Like that SmackDown segment you mentioned, and Roman's not on SmackDown, and we have Cody like mediating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn telling each other their feelings. Maybe not the best way to build up a, a WrestleMania match, but this segment really was this. This was a home run. This Raw segment, it was it was spectacular. Pal, are you ready it's... to debate Dwayne the Rock Johnson and John Cena? Pal, I am. I am, pal. And can I just get it out of the way, Kevin? 
I want to just say, I think The Rock's better. <laughs> like, just to answer the question right away. Wow. Um, Coming we'll in hard, pal. Why. Well, now, so now everyone can just tune, off, tune out the podcast now. Jimmy gave us his answer. Well, no. <laughs> no you I'm have kidding. to listen to Kevin counteract this, rebut it. That's my brutally honest take. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out now, and you can enjoy the rest of it. And, Kevin, if you disagree with me, I will bite your head off for it, pal. I love it. I love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... um. I guess I'll just tee it up. Why do you think The Rock is better than Cena? Or where, where do you have The Rock all time? And where do you have Cena all time? Now, this is the thing. I have them, as I'd hope a lot of people do, I have them in a similar elk, Kevin. Um, I think The Rock is probably in that, like, maybe four spot, sort of four or five all time. Like, okay. I think he's a Mount Rushmore superstar in every sense. And then I think Cena's like one or two spots below all time because um, they're obviously both top 10 stars all time. There's no debate there. But I think as far as a Mount Rushmore, I'm putting Hogan, I'm putting Austin for sure. And then maybe like The Undertaker or, or Flair sort of thing. Then I'm having The Rock and Cena's around like the six point sort of around there. Okay. So. Okay, so you have like Rock in that fifth, sixth range, but he's like right next to Cena, like wherever you're ranking yeah, Rock, Cena's similar, going next to him. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're similar, but I have I have the Rock, and I'll give reasons why, you know, as we lay this out. But yeah, Kevin, do you have one you prefer? Like, just where's your general stance? I don't have to be as blunt as I am, where I'm just you know I'm just come out of the box with my answer. But where do you sit on this whole thing? Are you, do you agree or? Yeah. My my answer on this has changed so many times. Because these two guys, I always, I feel like they're just, like, the perfect, like, parallels of each other. They're pretty, they pretty much built the same in terms of height and stature and physique. They both made their name with their mic skills. Like, there's so many similarities with the guys. But, it, like, if you asked me this, like, three years ago, I probably would have said The Rock, for sure. And then if you asked me this a year ago, I would say Cena, for sure. I, I think I, I lean putting Cena over The Rock. Just for a couple of reasons, which we'll get into, but I, I would say that's like just to give you like a hard answer that that's where I'm at. Yeah, and just one more thing, I, I feel like once we do this exercise, because we're going to structure this the same way we did the Cena Reigns mm-hmm. debate. Um, maybe after this, when we go down, break through each category, maybe my stance changes. That's the beauty of what we're about to do here. Like I'm coming into this thinking oh, I feel the Rock's better. I believe the I prefer the Rock. But maybe we'll go through this, Kevin, and Cena might win every category by, like, one. And maybe I might go, damn, or maybe I'm just going to change my all-time ranking. That, that's sort of the purpose of this. Um, it's not to, like, you know, blow someone's head off if they, they say one guy and then one guy wins the category. It's more so just for you guys to listen to it and think, yeah, maybe maybe Cena is objectively better. Maybe The Rock does clear Cena at everything. Like, that's sort of the purpose of this. There you go. Well, for me, all right, so I guess we could, I think we should start with, I don't want to go just right into the best categories. Mm-hmm. Right, let's, let's look at in-ring, because I, I like debating this one because I think they're similar in-ring. I, I feel like if The Rock had Cena's, like, entire length of his career, Rock would have turned into what Cena was in yes. the ring in, in his prime, you know? Like, The Rock would never be considered a great work rate wrestler, like Kurt Angle or, like, you know, Dolph Ziggler or somebody like that. John Cena would never be considered in that same elk either. He's never going to win any Brian Danielson awards from Dave Meltzer, pal. Um, yeah. Personally, I give the notch to Cena in ring, just because like we've seen Cena go in there with AJ Styles. We go, we've seen him go in there with Cesaro. 
Kevin Owens, you name it, and have like these these indie style matches. And then we've seen him have like the the basic like brawling style matches with like Triple H and even with The Rock. And he he's done it all. He's had five star classics with CM Punk. He's been able to really do a lot. The Rock. I don't really think does the rock have like one in-ring performance like to where you're just like wow that was a great in-ring match for me the the one that comes to the top of my mind is that triple threat match he had at vengeance 02 with Kurt Angle and Undertaker mm-hmm. um that's a great question does the rock because I'm thinking like if I have to ask the answer the question what are the rock's best matches like you if you just show me three to five rock matches what matches are you showing and to me i'm thinking the wrestlemania 17 main event yep. i'm thinking that match the triple threat that you mentioned i'm thinking the iron man match versus triple h at backlash i'm thinking the match he had i believe it was at fully loaded i want to say is the show name against benoit if you want to have like one of his like pretty good to great in-ring matches and then i'm thinking for another rock match 28 Cena. Yeah, probably 28, to be honest. Yeah, well, maybe, well, maybe you, the Hogan you, match WrestleMania 18, but yeah. that's not... No one looks at that and thinks that's an in-ring spectacle. That's great for every other reason. But you, um, would, you wouldn't show the ladder match with Triple H for SummerSlam 98? That would be, like, top oh, of my that list. Oh, that one. Yeah, forgot that one. Yeah, no, the, the, that as well. But, yeah, like those are the sort of matches I'd show for The Rock, which none of them are, like, your, your five-star bell-to-bell classics, but they're all incredible in their own regard, so... Right. Yeah, I think The Rock, in terms of in-ring, I think it's his weakest his weakest attribute. And it's not to say he hasn't had classic matches, which which I mean, we, he has. Like, just me asking that question and then thinking about it out loud, like, he had that classic match with Triple H at SummerSlam 98, which was fantastic. Triple Threat match at Vengeance 02. <clears throat> but I, I wouldn't say he's had a, as good of an in-ring match as Cena had. With Punk, just that 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 match with Punk at Money in the Bank eleven, and the match with AJ Styles at Royal Rumble seventeen. I, I don't think Rock even comes close to either of those performances from an in ring, strictly in ring standpoint. Not, not like a spectacle, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, I will say one thing with this: the sort of in ring talents, because we look at Cena, right? And as you mentioned career longevity. The first. I'm trying to think what figure. So when, when he came in in 02 through really about 2014, with the exception of that punk match, which was objectively incredible, mm-hmm. the big hit on Cena for most of that time was th- this guy literally sucks in the ring. He'll get beat up for most of the match. The match will be boring. Then he'll hit five moves and win. His matches are unwatchable. Now, that was what a lot of people were saying about but Cena. Well, for you're forgetting that match he had with Sean on, at, on Raw in London. That one too. That was another one that was like, wow. I guess Great. I guess millions of people that same criticism were forgetting that one match, pal. Sorry, Kevin. I'm I'm just I'm speaking for the masses, pal. All right, but all right, all right. The general, can I seen a match format's what I'm alluding to. Obviously, Sean's incredible. We get that, but the 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 Cena match style over that long period of time drove a lot of people the wrong way. It pissed off a lot of people that this jacked 260 pound guy is getting beat down by whoever he's wrestling, and then he'll just you know shoulder block, shoulder block. You can't see me. Five knuckle shuffle. AA, STF. Oh, he tapped out like that format. But that said, Kevin, as you allude to, if The Rock wrestled for 15 years, I'm sure everyone would have the same criticism about him because The Rock was hardly Brian Danielson either. So it just, I don't know. The scene's longevity, I guess, gives him the in ring 
just because of the matches he had in the 2010s with the indie guys. But really, The Rock was not far off. I think they're very similar in the ring. Yeah, can I just name you a few John Cena classics from that 2002 to 2014 timeline, and then we'll go, go to the next it. topic? Go for it. The uh, the backstage brawl, the parking lot brawl with Eddie Guerrero. Classic match. I guess not really in ring, so okay. Yeah, we, we brawl, technically, yeah. technically can't count that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Unforgiven, 06 versus Edge. Yes. Fantastic. The Raw, the, the Raw after Mania, or two weeks after Mania match with Sean, it was like an hour-long classic. Um, there was the, I, I would say, I think a lot of people too would be with me on this, that that match with RVD at one night stand, very good in ring. You know, I'm not going to say anything WrestleMania 22 or 23. We're not going to open that can of worms up again. Um, but there is one on the tip of my tongue that I cannot remember now. It's a great Cena match from that era and it's just not coming. Maybe I guess that it's disproving my point that I was trying to make the fact that I can't remember it. Yeah, I don't know, but basically the whole point with this, I just think, yeah, they're, they're pretty much smack bang on par, and just because of the longevity and the fact that Cena worked with indie guys and Rock never worked with Shawn Michaels, maybe if Shawn Michaels is around in this era, The Rock has several all-time classics with Shawn, we don't know, um, but yeah. I uh, think he, would, is... he would never work with, uh, with Shawn. There's a Wrestling Uncovered video coming on that at some point. Oh. But he would never, even oh. if Shawn was around, he would never work with him. But yeah, so I think they're kind of dead even. So there's that, Kevin. Um, do you want to move on to another category or anything else on in ring and matches? Yeah, I'll just say I, I have Cena ahead of Rock. I have I gave Cena a seven in ring, mm-hmm. and I would give Rock a six. <coughs> that's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. Well, that's would fair. You I'm, give... I'm not going to really get hot and heavy over that. I think that's fair. Um, but I think they're pretty smack bang on par, to be honest. What would you give him, like a seven, eight? But, uh, I, I don't say either. I wouldn't think either eight in the ring. No, I'd probably say they're both. You know, well, well then again, what, what's like Eddie Guerrero in the ring? Like eleven out of ten on this scale. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Eddie's up there with Sean, guys like that for sure. I think Cena and Rock are both like sixes. To be honest, I don't think they're, either of them are like in ring legends. And Kurt Angle, he'd be a ten, like that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think they're both about sixes in the ring. Neither are blow-away fantastic, but of course their career has some great matches. Yeah, the only reason I give Cena the notch is for that match with Punk and Money in the Bank. I just, Rock doesn't have anything close to that in his catalog, you know? Yep. Which we'll let's, get to. Um, yeah, let, let's do match catalog. Let's do overall match catalog. I th- these categories kind of go hand in hand. This Cena. Is, Cena. Yeah, yeah, this is like a general, like, rule. Like, I guess the way I, I would judge this is, like, big-time matches... Because obviously Cena's had more matches. You know, we're, we're not going to say that, like, Rock wrestled, what, 10 years less than Cena did? Mm-hmm. So I look at this, like, high-profile matches, big-time matches. I, I think they're closer than you would think. Because, I, I, well, for me, I give more equity into... Not more equity, but I give Rock, like, a big plus for the quality that he had. Like, not a, not a large quantity of big matches like Cena, but The Rock had what three classics with austin that meant more to wrestling than almost any match that cena's had yes <clears throat> you know that match between rock and hogan big time and then their two wrestlemania matches that these two guys had against each other they're, they're big notches in both their belts but i i think you look at rock hogan the three rock austin matches you look at like brock versus rock you look at um you know, you look at Rock versus Cena, 
Those matches, Even Rock vs. Triple H, Rock vs. Triple H, those matches they yeah, had. Yeah, those matches they had, like those, I, I think they like Rock's not far behind Cena in this, but they propel Rock pretty high. You know, when you look at Cena, like how many big matches does Cena have at WrestleMania? Uh, Rock had what four of the like four of the ten to twelve biggest in terms of appeal and box office and just getting people together like oh we gotta watch that match how many yeah. of those did Cena have at Wrestlemania one maybe like aside from the two we had with Rock so what with Triple H at 22 is probably the yeah. closest yeah. in terms of appeal and that was big yeah that was a big deal it was Cena Triple H but it wasn't Rock Austin at the peak of the Attitude Era mm-hmm. well the Rock had Mania 15 he was the main event everyone wanted to see that match against Austin and then 17 was, we discussed that in great depth, the, our previous podcast. So 17, 18 was infamous, absolute icon versus icon. And 19, once again, Austin Rock, that meant a lot to a lot of people. And then The Rock had, I mean, I'll count the matches with Cena, but they kind of cancel each other out just because we're doing a comparison. But I think for The Rock, that's what, I mean, five so I'm counting 15, 17, 18, 19, and 28 as matches pretty much everyone in wrestling really wanted to see. And then I look at like 29 and WrestleMania 2000. They're, they're WrestleMania main events The Rock was in. The, the, the hype wasn't exactly incredible for either. Um, but nonetheless, like that's a, a big ticks for The Rock. Cena, yep, Mania 22, the first match against The Rock. And... That's really a bad, I mean, the hype for Cena JBL in 05 was hardly next level incredible. It was, you know, people wanted to see it. I, from what I've gathered, Kevin, but I don't think it was like a, a Rock Hogan type of hype. No, Triple H so. Batista was the, the marquee match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then, sorry, and then WrestleMania 23, all the hype was about the Battle of the Billionaires. Yep. Um, and then Cena didn't make a WrestleMania after 29. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was no hype for like Cena, Triple H, and Orton. But but let's be fair. Let's look at it outside of WrestleMania. Cena Punk, aside like that's a big match, very important for wrestling, very influential. But does that stack up to all those matches that we just mentioned from The Rock? Not really, you know. But does The Rock have a match at a non-WrestleMania pay-per-view that was that big, like SummerSlam with Brock? Yeah. But was it that yeah. big? As big as Cena Punk and Money in the Bank? I don't know. Yeah, the, the big, big for entirely different reasons. This is why these comparisons are always a bit hard to do because are you taking yeah, Rock versus Brock at SummerSlam in a match that was essentially to, to make the future of the company with Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Or are you taking CM Punk and Cena from 28? It's apples and oranges with something like that. Um, but yeah, I just like to think, Kevin, one more thing. This is just a fun one for the, like, the chat and everyone listening. If you're trying to show a non-wrestling fan wrestling, okay, Kevin, mm-hmm. are you going to show them Rock versus Hogan from WrestleMania 18, or are you going to show them Cena versus Punk from Money in the Bank? Hmm. You have one match to show them. You, you want to show the absolute like the the, the absolute high of wrestling. There's something that, that that's going to make them hooked. I mean, granted, both probably will because they're both great. I'm not saying either is bad at all, but. Are you going to show that rock match, which once again wasn't an in-ring masterpiece, but it was literally great for every other reason, or Cena vs. Punk? Hmm. 
That's interesting. That is a good question. I hope, hope we, uh, we get some good responses for that one. Because, Kevin, I know <laughs> my answer. I'm trying Rock vs. Hogan. Because if I'm trying something, someone random, yes, yeah, okay, the in-ring wasn't as fantastic, but it was, it was a 15-minute match. The crowd was erupting. Two absolute icons wrestling. It's a WrestleMania, so there's more hype there. The, like, the flashbulbs, the commentary was better. Like The Rock was you know, yeah. excellent in that match. So I'd probably try the Nat. Cena vs. Punk is just very different. It's a very different climate of WWE, a very different time in the business. So uh, once again, hard to compare, but I'd say Rock vs. Hogan. Yeah, well, well I'm, talking, <clears throat> I'm talking like non-WrestleMania matches for The Rock. Okay, non-WrestleMania. So I guess we'll do Rock vs. Brock. Would you show Rock vs. Brock or Cena Punk? You probably showed Cena Punk. Wouldn't yeah, you? yeah, I would show people Cena Punk. But does The Rock yeah. have anything else aside from that match with Brock at SummerSlam? Anything the match that's Triple H, Triple H, SummerSlam '98. Um, the match was Mick Foley, Royal Rumble with I wouldn't show that. The empty arena brawl, the I Quit, which are a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I wouldn't show that. Not the I Quit. Yeah, match. I wouldn't show. I wouldn't show that to a non wrestling fan. No. Uh, or maybe I would. Who knows? Um, but yeah, mm. I mean the match with Backlash versus Triple H, the match with Judgment Day versus Triple H in 2000. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd really like that Benoit match. I'm fully loaded. I've, I watched that and really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's Benoit, so it's a bit whatever. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to watch, right? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah so there's there's a bunch of like matches like that. I mean, Rock's no schmuck in with this catalog. Cena's got a probably a a better catalog just because of how long it is. But Rock's catalog is more high profile. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I have them pretty close. Like, I, I'd probably give Rock like an eight for match catalog, and then I have Cena just above him at nine. Mm-hmm. And it's really like just because there's just a handful of rock matches, like rock great rock matches, but those handful, like we said, are just so synonymous with wrestling. All right, well, enough about that. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about? What are we gonna talk about next? Their the merchandise. Uh, yeah, merchandise. Why not? Um, I, I prefer rock merchandise than Cena merch. What do you mean, bro? Um, Cena, Cena clears a- him, bro. You don't like the fruity pebble shirts? <sighs> <laughs> well, this was the whole bit when they were feuding in 2012, The Rock making fun of Cena with all his, you know, neon Fruity Pebble rainbow shirts and merchandise. I mean, if, if you want the full scope of every color under the rainbow, then Cena's your go-to guy for this with these big, you can't see me, never give up, a picture of Cena doing like a salute on the shirt, like all the Cena merch. But to me, The Rock merch is just iconic. I, I think like Rock shirts in pop culture just do better i've seen people at clubs wearing rock shirts i I've, I've seen no one at clubs wearing cena shirts so i don't know that that that's just me i mean, yeah, I mean it, people it, want to pick up chicks bro go on i was go just on. gonna say people want to pick up chicks uh, that's why they don't wear cena shirts <laughs> you imagine kevin someone in a nightclub wearing like the like the bright red the 2014 cena one like the oh mustard color you can't see me shirt they're like, hey, they're in the club. They're like screaming a bad bunny playing. You can barely hear yourself think. And like someone walks up to this female and like they're wearing this like Cena shirt. Oh, that'd be brutal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but the Rock is like cool merchandise you could wear at a club. You could wear like the Just Bring It or Know Your Role or the Brahma Bull shirt. And I, I love the Rock's Under, Under Armour shirts. Have you seen those? Oh, yes, I have. The Project Rock stuff. Is, yes. I mean, that's great as well. I have four of them. And I have, like, the, like, the shorts. Like, they're nice, good merchandise. I wear them to the gym all the time. 
Uh, I'm not gonna be working out in like you can't see me shirts, like neon green. You can't see me shirts with like Cena's cartoonized face on it. <laughs> I'm not working out in that. Yeah, the Rock clear Cena and merchandise. So let's call it, let's call it what it is, bro. Yeah, let's call it what it is. I, I give Cena just to be fair to the impact, like to the what he has for like women and children and families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I give Cena's merch a seven just because like anybody in the world will recognize cena's merch but in terms of quality it's not that great i'd give the rock like eight and a half like yeah. eight like eight and a half nine almost <laughs> well, Kevin, i feel like children can wear cena shirts and it's totally cool obviously 100 percent awesome and yes and you know women the soccer moms can wear the Cena shirts anyone can wear the rock merch and it's it's universally accepted and cool and yeah, that I think that's really the, the big thing with this. Like, if you're you're a grown man, you're at the gym, and you're wearing the bright orange "Never Give Up" shirt with <laughs> yeah, I'll say cartoonized Cena doing a, a five knuckle shuffle. That, that just is nowhere near as good as like those rock shirts where it was him doing the like the hand motion where he's like, "Bring it, bitch!" Like he's got, he's got like the hand, he's doing that to someone, and it's like the rock with the eyebrow and the sunglasses, and it's got like electric theme. Like that stuff's so cool. Like that's just cool merch, pal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, like if you're if you're ranking wrestler merchandise tiers, like you figure like Austin's like the apex, right? And then like you're thinking somebody like Ziggler with like the steal your show and your girlfriend in bright pink, like that's like the absolute bottom of the barrel. Oh, like where where would you put like Cena and Rock on that scale? I put Rock right next to Austin. Um. Austin obviously is the most iconic shirt ever in wrestling, in my opinion, the Austin 316. Yeah. And just that merchandise. But I think The Rock has that many just cool bits of merch that I'd happily wear. And to me, that's what that what merch is. Like, how much merch would you be happy and comfortable to wear in public and feel cool wearing it? Um, Cena's merch, I don't need a never give up red shirt with bright blue text with him doing, you can't see me. I don't need that in my life. I'd put that like, one or two tiers below. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to shop to a place wearing a, a rise above hate shirt. Like the message is cool. I agree with the message, but it implies you get bullied. So I'm not wearing that. I'm wearing rock merch of him doing, doing bring it bitch. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think it's Austin, the NWO, and then everybody else when it comes to merchandise. Like I think rock is right after those two. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put Cena like on the level of like that pink Ziggler shirt. But Cena's no, like somewhere no, like that's, that's no no go yeah on. Cena's like somewhere in the upper medium, you know like he's just he's there he's there in like the top ten you know he's like below Rey Mysterio and guys like that but he's not in the bottom of the barrel you know what I mean or even close to the bottom of the barrel like he's a Cena Cena's merchandise is great and iconic and important for wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pal, I just I. We're not going to discuss this. This is we'll discuss this sort of stuff later in the year with the late hate, but that's stealing the show and your girlfriend shirt is, I think, the worst shirt in wrestling history, to be honest. But nonetheless, we'll move. Kevin, what's the next category? I just want to say uh, in the chat, do you guys want to hear Jimmy and I like debate the best merchandise of all time, best wrestling T-shirts? I'd love to see the response to that. Yeah, but I, I think it's time to turn up a notch, pal. Yep, yep. Let, let, let's yep. talk about quality of feuds. So th- th- for this category, I look at like you know iconic, memorable feuds, great opponents, great matches in the feuds, 
like everything that that encompasses a feud you know mm-hmm. the rock is at the apex of that yes of, of that whatever mount rushmore that is like it's hogan austin you know bret hart sean like those guys have like iconic feuds and rocks in that class yeah. i think cena is like a class just below like cena's had some great iconic feuds like with edge with cm punk aj styles but for the amount of years that he has worked you would think that he would have more right yes 100 percent. i feel like with this the big one because obviously when the rock or Cena or anyone when guys of that elk and that level like we're talking like all-time greats are feuding with each other it'll be great unless something goes badly wrong it'll be really good so you know when Cena and the Rock feud or when Cena feuds with I don't know like Triple H that sort of stuff that stuff's just always gonna be good because of who's involved Kevin I look at when the Rock or Cena feud with a lesser light a guy who's several tiers below I look at the Rock for instance and think of the Billy Gunn feud a random 1999 feud the Rock's mic work in that is unbelievable it is phenomenal it makes you desperate to watch him whoop billy gunn's ass pal like the the promos he was cutting were just hilarious you couldn't look away you wanted to see rock first billy gunn kevin could you say the same thing about john cena and the miz from wrestlemania 27 uh can we use a different example give me some give me a different one please i don't want to know but like my whole point here is john cena's ability to carry a feud on the back of just him being john cena Yes, it worked when you've got in the 2010s these guys who I'm a better wrestler than you, Cena. I, 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 I'm better than you. Like when CM Punk did that first, then when Styles did that, and when that became the thing with Cena in the, the mid 2010s, I'm a better wrestler than you. Let's have a great match, John. When it became that, the matches were great, but that was just what Cena did. Whereas Kevin, I look at prime Cena, those feuds he had. You've got obviously there was a feud with Ziggler. A really compelling feud where it was AJ Lee and Vicky Guerrero was the main storyline. I mean, the stuff with the <laughs> Miz, the stuff with Rusev, where Rusev would come out screaming that he loves Russia and Lana would be there and Cena would be like, I love America's nation. Stuff like that. Like, those were not compelling feuds. Kevin, The Rock was having compelling feuds with Billy Gunn and Mid Carters, let alone Brock, et cetera. So. Yeah, I think Rock wins this in a landslide. I just want to say, pal, I, uh, to, a better example. I just don't want to yell about the Miz anymore. Like Mike yeah. Mizanin makes me sick, pal. But <laughs> John Cena, did he make you want to see like Wade Barrett? Like, like did he no. make you want to watch that feud? Wade Barrett, kind of similar on the rise, like how Billy Gunn was in '99. And yeah, like you said, Rock, and he cut the infamous promo about like how Billy Gunn's gonna go talk to God himself. And God himself can't get him over. Like, it's great. It's great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say Rock clears Cena. I, I wouldn't say that. For me, I, I think I think it's closer than than uh, like to, to be fair to Cena. Like Cena's had a lot of great legendary feuds, bro. He's had a lot of them. I mean, like like we already said the the one with uh with Edge, Punk, AJ. Those are probably his three best. Um, you know, he's had he's had good storylines like. The one with him and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, like it wasn't great. It wasn't bad, you know. The the, sto- yeah. the the feud with Triple H, like that's always an iconic feud. Whenever they reignite that, um, the feud with Randy Orton. You and I are not big on that, but a lot of people love it. 
it, it's a great yeah. feud in wrestling history when uh is it yeah. one that is on the level of like rock austin no no exactly but then they, then these guys cena and rock literally one of the best feuds that we've ever seen one of the most personal feuds best promos one of the best built up <coughs> wrestlemania matches of all time and it's not fair that we're debating them against each other because we can't use either one well kevin with cena i think what made that so great and what made all of cena's best stuff was when people were calling him out for being like the top guy and like playing that super cena role when punk did it in 2011 it was like it's unanimously beloved when the rock did it here the way the rock did it in 2012 was once in a lifetime was some of the best stuff i've ever seen with wrestling like that was just so creative the rock in boston throwing cena gear mocking it throwing it into the river like that's that's some of the best stuff I've seen. And you look at Cena and carry on through the 2010s. Like, I'm a better wrestler than you. I'm better than you, John. You're, you're, you're a phony. That became the thing with all of Cena's most compelling storylines. Because when Cena was just the top guy feuding with Wade Barrett, feuding with the Nexus, Super Cena's a hero who beats everyone. That wasn't good. Oh, Super Cena's facing like bald-headed Randy Orton. Oh, thrilling like, like why should i care but you know when cena's having more compelling interesting real storylines where the rock's calling him out for being a phony and like a, a guy who just finesses children and women to try and make money that sort of stuff's great like that's good stuff so yeah but then cena came right back at him and was like you only come around when you want a paycheck bro <laughs> like like you, you've been in hollywood you said you love wwe this is your home you've been in hollywood for 10 years you don't have to come back like like it that was still great. applies to this day. That still applies to this day to be fair. Yeah, Cena thing. always makes time for WWE. Rock seemingly doesn't have that much time for WWE unless they're paying him a ton of money. Um Yeah, it's just it's intriguing. It's really it's really an, an intriguing storyline. Like that is Cena and Rock as a storyline is up there with like Rock Austin. It's up there with like Hogan Savage, Hogan Andre. Like the, the Cena Rock feud, where would you put that all time? Like top five, top seven. Um, got to be in that, is, that top eight conversation. To me, it's top three. But then again, I, I may be, I'm probably the best person to answer this because, as we know, like this was like what I grew up loving. So I'm, I'm biased. I thought everything about that storyline was damn near perfect. Um, like people just outside of stuff with Awesome Truth at Survivor Series and Cena having to embrace the hate with Kane. I don't count that. I just count the Cena Rock them throwing jabs at each other the feud itself the match the build the hype what they were saying to each other the characters how they clashed the the you know hero of one generation was hero of another all of that i thought was great so to answer that question i'd say top three for me what about you yeah i'd probably put it in like i have to really think about it but i say like top seven top eight yeah just to be safe pal yeah <coughs> yeah so i think pal, I, I think uh, sorry go ahead no? No, I was just going to say, once we get that, I think we need to discuss Mike's skills now. I think we're nearly about that time, pal. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I just think I want to say this in closing. Like I said at the beginning, Rock is on that S tier for like wrestling feuds. And Cena's right there at the A tier, right behind him. You know, like Rock has had like... Rock clears just for like the Rock Austin stuff alone. You know, that, that's the apex of the Attitude Era. When you think Attitude Era, you think Austin Rock, you think Austin Vince. It, the, the, the pillar. For Cena, ton of great feuds, you know, iconic feuds. He's but he didn't have anything aside from his storyline with The Rock. 
he didn't have anything quite as big as what Rock had with Rock Austin, Rock Hogan, etc. Yeah. So Correct. yeah, I would say Rock's a ten and Cena's a nine. Correct. Now, Kevin, let's discuss Mike work. This is one of the big ones with yes. these guys, and to, to many for the longest time. I know at least the, the Rock was so far clear, like in a lot of people's minds, at least. Then when you look at the sort of realities of it, Cena's not that far behind. And some would say, and it's not even that much of a hot take anymore, the scene is better than the Rock on the mic. So, Kevin, what's your thoughts on this? I think they're dead even on the mic. I think they're absolutely, I think it's a, a tie. I, I think if you're ranking them, though, I think Rock will always be ranked above Cena. But for me, they're both top five mic workers of all time. Yeah, I, I like that take. I agree. I think Cena, as we saw, like Cena's whole career path is a bit weird because for the start of his run, like when he was you know, doing Doctor of Thugonomics, he's doing the stuff on SmackDown in the early 2000s, before he really became the face of the PG era, Cena's, Cena's mic work then is some of the most underrated stuff. It, it, he's that many like zingers, that many creative, interesting, funny, entertaining lines, promos, rap battles, Kevin, you can talk about this more than i can but i've seen some awesome cena stuff from then and then kevin cena became the face of pg cutting star wars promos feuding with randy orton and wade barrett and dolph ziggler and it was like oh my god get this guy off my tv like they're like this is nauseating he come out to cut 15 minute recap the storyline promos open raw and it was like this is just not good at all but then kevin once he fell out of the top guy role in about you know the mid 2010s and he became a bit more free. He wasn't just like the face of PG. He was just Cena, working the working SmackDown, working Raw. We saw some amazing stuff. And Cena's mic work's been incredible ever since. The Cena-Roman thing in 2017. More recently, Cena Theory, that epic promo Cena cut there. Like Cena, to me, his mic work, it's like the, there was a big peak in the early 2000s, Dr. Thugonomics, a big drop at the, the Super Cena PG face stuff. And then it's, it's peaked ever since. So what do you think? How's that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say he had like two or three down years. Like you could say like 09, 10, 11. Like not even 11. Like I would say 09 and 10 were like real bad, real down years for him on the mic. Other than that, he's been, he was the best mic worker in the company. I mean, you could maybe you could argue like Paul Heyman in the later years was better than like him. Punk in the early 2010s maybe, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, then you're talking like, Looking at Cena, the stuff he did is Dr. Thugonomics, legendary, iconic. Everybody's, just about everybody's going to give that an A plus on the mic. And then even when he was transitioning into like being the Super Cena, those years from 05 to 08, he was still pretty solid on the mic. Like he always delivered. He had, like he would make fun of people, just make witty one liners. And that's the thing about Cena. Cena is the quickest on his feet of anybody aside from The Rock. With the jokes and the one-liners and making fun of yeah. people. And one thing that Cena does really well, too, is Cena will sell you his opponent before he buries you. He's going to sell you, you know? He's going to sell you. He's going to build you up. Oh, like he, like he would do with AJ Styles. AJ Styles, this great worker, best wrestler in the world. He's up there with Daniel Bryan. And then he would just look at you like, but who's heard of you, AJ Styles? Nobody's <laughs> heard of you. Like it, like it was just it was so good so clever yeah and then with the rock the rock's the best mic worker i've ever seen 
just in general. I could go back and watch The Rock's promos. And you can see why he's the biggest star in Hollywood. Why he's the most in-demand, highest paid actor. You can see it. It's like, like this guy doesn't belong in WWE. But what is he yeah. doing? He's, he's just, he's there. He's clearly above, he was clearly above everybody else except for Austin. Uh, during his time. And when he comes back, it's almost like a disservice for WWE to bring The Rock back. Because when he gets on the mic, he reminds you that he's better than everybody else. <laughs> like, I remember it was like, what, 2015, 2016? Yeah. He came back at the Barclays Center, cut this random promo, just shredded Rusev and Lana on the mic. Yeah. And it was just a reminder of like, oh, the attitude there is better than what we see now. Oh, yeah. The Rock's better than these guys. Yeah. It's really, it's really good stuff. <laughs> well, just going back, watching The Rock, like... Let's just rattle off some of The Rock's best segments. The uh, what was the what, what was it called where he did the song and he made fun of Vicky Guerrero? Oh, the Rock concert was yeah yeah about Vicky Guerrero, iconic, legendary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the first one that he did when he was Hollywood Rock, talking about Cleveland sucks. Like, just I mean, he can sing. He can fucking grab a guitar and and play a guitar and sing a country song. Like, like, what can the guy not do? Like, I'm, I'm looking at this article now. Just some like the rocks, like best one-liners, and like, how someone thinks of this is just incredible. Like, like the the wit, the the comedic genius of this, the delivery, because his delivery is better than anyone I've ever seen. The way he, like, the the promo where he's making fun of the Big Show is like that interview. I know, like, everyone listening will know what I'm talking about. Where he's like, he's. Like some only the rock could do that. I feel like hardly anyone ever could have done that. And it was so entertaining. His eyes, the facial expressions, the delivery, what he's saying. And like I look at something with we can talk about once in a lifetime. The creative lines, like obviously everyone, well, a lot of the especially the adult male fan base didn't enjoy Cena. They said, Oh, Cena sucks, Cena bad. The Rock's take on this is Cena, you look like a bloated transvestite Wonder Woman ready to fight crime. Like, who thinks of this stuff? Like, that's brilliant, you know? Like, that's so witty and funny. And the stuff with Billy Gunn, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And, like, some of these other lines, like, when The Rock was, like, an arrogant heel, he goes, The Rock gets more pie in a week than you get in a lifetime. Like, you know, and it's just... How about when he called your boy, Punk, a cookie puss and, and, like, single-handedly brought back, like, an ice cream cake from the 1980s? And then Punk's Punk's reply, which everyone praises, was, I'm a better wrestler than you, and your arms aren't short enough to box with God. And then everyone acts as if that was a le- an all-time promo. Like, I'm a Punk guy. That, that wasn't as great as people make it out to be. But nonetheless, pal, yeah, The Rock is just, you know, some of these lines, are, you got to go back and watch these. Just maybe after you finish listening to this, go watch Rock, best, li- best one-liners, best promos. You'll get a kick out of it, so... Yeah, Rock takes this one, but it's very close. I love that promo before the, the Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon 2000, where he's just making fun of everybody in the match. He's like making fun of Rikishi, I did it for The Rock. And making fun of Triple H, and <laughs> making fun yeah. of The Undertaker. It's so good. Look, so witty. But the bottom line here, these guys, you can't go wrong. Either one. Like I, like I said, I give them both 10s. I, I, yeah. I think they're on the same level. Like, I mean, Rock, if you want to give I would say he breaks the scale. Actually, I would yeah. say Rock breaks the scale. Yeah. 
But also one more thing. Can I just say, you mentioned that Armageddon promo. Real quick on that. The Rock, the way he roasted everyone in that match, and like the all-time greats involved, that... And then you look at what happened a couple of years ago where Samoa Joe did the same thing before the, the 2019 Chamber match. And everyone on Twitter just keeps using that same clip. OMG, look at this promo. How about we start circulating the Rocks one before Armageddon 2000? That was actually entertaining and funny. The one that Samoa Joe was like, oh, Lee, you suck. Randy Orton, you're, you're all like, it was just, come on. Can we circulate better clips on Twitter? Anyway, carry on. Yeah, that's my job, pal. <laughs> but nevertheless, Correct. yes, there yeah, you pal. go, pal. Um, but let's talk about them as celebrities and outside of the wrestling world. I, I think most people listening will agree. These two guys are the most recognizable people to ever come from WWE in, in just pop culture and just general like fame. Uh, the Rock obviously is more famous than Cena, but Rock is more famous for being an actor. But everybody knows Cena as the guy that was a wrestler. You know, you show people John Cena, like, you can't see me, C-Nation. You know, they know his theme song. Like, everything about Cena says wrestler. Everything about The Rock, it's like, oh, that's the guy from Fast and Furious. That's the guy that did Tooth Fairy. That's the guy that, that does interviews with Kevin Hart, where they're slapping each other with tortillas. <laughs> but they're still both prominent in pop culture, regardless. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's this is another one where you can't go wrong. I think they're dead even here too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Cena's the most famous like wrestler, as you allude to, ever. But I, I think as we allude to, The Rock was a like a like a top line Hollywood A list movie star in or, you know, and he was in wrestling during a boom period. And so The Rock is just he was born to be a, a Hollywood mainstream superstar, and that's what he's become. So, yeah, it's very hard to compare. I, I agree. They're both the most famous ever come from wrestling. Um, uh, yeah. Like, I, Kevin, the thing I love about these two as well, I could go up to people where I live where, like, hardly anyone watches it. Like, wrestling is not exactly something, something people watch. And, I, like, I mentioned John Cena. And uh, let's say I say, you know, mentioned Cena's name to 15 people, 13 or 14 would know who Cena is, which says a lot. And the same thing with The Rock. Pretty much everyone knows who these guys are, which means a lot because. The, the reach of these like stars and these two because can I feel like where you're at most people know like all the old timers sort of thing and like a bunch of like even the wrestlers who weren't on that tier one like those guys are known far better but over where I'm at like down here way down under here in Australia like for people in front of everyone to know who these guys are says a lot so yeah but I'd say Rock takes it just but they're both very recognizable absolutely yeah I mean Rock is just Rock's like one of the most famous people in the world, you know, period. Nuts. It really is. It's crazy. Like he's doing so much stuff, the Under Armour stuff that we mentioned. He's got his own like <clears throat> entertainment company, making movies, making TV shows. He's got a, a TV show about his life on NBC with some questionable character choices to portray the wrestlers and, and uh, people that were in Rock's life. Have you seen some of those character builds from Young Rock? Uh, I've seen uh, like one or two screenshots. I feel like what we'll do, like I'll educate myself on that and we're going to do a whole episode about Young Rock sometime you know, in the next few months. But yeah, I haven't seen too much. But Absolutely. Fine. All right, now let, let's talk about Charisma. This is another one where I think they're both dead even. I, I, I don't know how, how else like you could see it otherwise. 
they the rock was the rock like he came at a time where it was rare to have two megastars on the same caliber with him and austin they were 1a 1b we never saw a 1b for cena we never saw a 1b for hogan we didn't see a 1b for flair when he was running ramshot and in the nwa so like uh, you know maybe people look at that like oh rock was always not as charismatic as austin but he was you know just came at a different time (laughs) in terms of charisma yeah i don't see how anybody could argue that neither one of these guys are tens yeah, no, I agree. Uh, they're, they're both tens. Um, I'd, I'd, once again, with this similar to promo, like I think they're both incredible, but I'd just still tip it to The Rock just because of some of that stuff we list. I listed before with just how, like the like the level, like Rock breaks the scale again with this, with the charisma, the, some of the like the lines and the promos. He the way he executed things was just like Cena executed and has executed promos still better than damn near everyone in wrestling history. But I think Dwayne Johnson is just a different animal with this. But that said, Kevin, when they did feud, it was pretty much even. Some people say Cena got the better of the rock on the mic in that feud. I think it was on par. So I think that was a good litmus test for this. I think they're both, yeah, kind of smack bang on par. I'd give it to the rock just personally, but that's yeah, smack bang on par. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both A-list celebrities for a reason. You know, they both have that presence. Anytime Cena is out there, it's a big deal. Anytime rock's music hits, it's a big deal. So yeah. Hey, right, let's look at entrance. So one more thing, one more thing. Sorry, just with mainstream and the celebrity. While we're on this, both of these guys, I just want to say as well. Whenever they go on Jimmy Fallon's, Jimmy Kimmel's, Good Morning America, the Today, whatever show it is, like whatever ambassador thing they're promoting for WWE or whichever movie, both these guys are incredible. Like Cena is so you, you see him, he's just such a fun, likable person on these. Whenever he's representing something, he's being the mainstream ambassador. He's so good at it, and The Rock's the same. The Rock's just a star, so yeah. Credit to both these guys. I don't want to compare or contrast this, but they're both just incredible at that, at being representations of WWE or movies or what have you. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're two guys that if you want good PR, you want to have them on your side or in your company or whatever. Yeah, yeah. let's talk entrance. Not really a lot here when it comes yeah. to entrances. Um, Both guys, like, Neither neither guy really has like a spectacle entrance like Kane or The Undertaker. But their entrances are really important just for like the pops that they would get, the, the, the noise that they would generate, the crowd reaction. And it's almost kind of been forgotten about. The, the Rock was kind of a polarizing guy like Cena in his prime. Yeah. Like people, whenever he faced Austin, people booed The Rock. When he faced Hogan, they booed The Rock. When he faced Brock, they were chanting, you sold out. So, like, people would paint this picture that The Rock was always, like, this universal, beloved figure. Yeah, he was. Like, he was, but people just loved those guys, like Austin and, and Hogan, a little bit more. But in terms of, like, in terms of entrance, like, I, I think they're both a tier below, like, some of the iconic entrances. Mm-hmm. But what do you make of this this category? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, with these entrances, to me, I view the Undertaker's entrance as like the the goat all time entrance. The entrance where if you like watching that at the WrestleMania is like the the peak of wrestling fandom almost. I don't view either Cena or Rock's entrance as an entrance like you just you need to see it to feel you've lived, sort of thing. Um, but that said, they're both you know both got iconic theme songs now. Um, and one thing I want to make here one point, you talk about like the like. 
you know, rock being universally blah. One thing I, I think is very interesting with that, I've read like forums about this. I've done research on this. And I've heard people who live this explain it in the kind of the, like the online circles or like the, the more hardcore wrestling fans, if you want to call them that. For pretty much most of the Attitude Era, The Rock was the guy who copped the heat. Oh, he can't wrestle. All he can do is cut promos, blah, blah, blah. Rock copped that. And then when Rock went away, Triple H copped that. And then Cena copped that for pretty much whole run. And then Roman got it in the 2010s. There's always some guy who cops the brunt of that. Oh, you can't work. You don't know how to wrestle. You're just a gimmicky guy who cuts promos. Uh, boo you. And The Rock was that guy initially. So yeah, he was not universally beloved. He did get his fair share of hate back in the day. But you know, in retrospect, we look at The Rock and think, well, that that's stupid. Like he was such a phenomenal talent. But yeah, but I just want to acknowledge that while we're here. And as far as the entrances goes, Kevin, yeah, both Rock and Cena are on the same tier for me. I don't view them as any different. Um, you can both do cool gimmicky stuff with that. I don't know Kevin Cena has those WrestleMania entrances with the like the line of Cena's all doing the you can't see me and you know he's done the stuff with the um like the the gang car at wrestlemania 22 that sort of stuff and the rock more so just comes out yeah it hasn't really had many entrances where it's like gimmicky but it, it's a six theme song so you mean cm punk's mo- most notorious moment in wrestling history whoa 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 <laughs> whoa i mean kevin that entrance is better than the rest the wrestlemania 22 senior entrance was better than that three and a half star match he had so yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I I think they're both similar in this aspect. I think Cena's theme music is more iconic. I I, I don't even know if that's really debatable. Like like yeah, Rock's theme music, like what is his theme music? It's just guitar strums and drums and him screaming if you smell at the beginning. Cena's is like it it became a thing. It became a thing in pop culture with with the the, the crank calls. <laughs> you know the john cena memes yeah <clears throat> but at the same time like when you're watching rock walk down to the ring it's unlike it's almost unlike anything because it's like you're watching the perfect wrestler you know if you could build like physically from the physical appearance the charisma if you could build like a wrestler you know they build a wrestler from the ground up maggle no but like like if you build a wrestler in a factory and it's like, this is what the ideal wrestler is going to look like walking down to the ring. It's the guy that looks like he could kill me in a real fight. That's The Rock, is it that? It would not be Randy Orton, I can tell you that much. A guy who doesn't try for 15 years. But um, no, it would be The Rock, 100%. I um, no, fully agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, so I think it balances out. Like, seeing his entrance is nothing special, just him running to the ring, screaming at the cameraman. You know, and it's uh, I, it's almost like he kind of forced that to kind of be different, you know, to separate himself from the other wrestlers. Um, so, like, Cena has a theme song. Rock has just, like, the overall presence and, like, just this is it. This is what a wrestler should look like. But, yeah, I would say they're both even in this category, too. Yeah. Also, do we have any, like, categories? I think we've covered pretty everything, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We've yeah. gone through them so- all, pal. So I was going to say, so yeah, I think it's a fascinating conversation. Sound off on this. Um, obviously, you know, leave a like on the show and all that sort of good stuff. Um, I just want to say as well, once again, I think after this conversation, I still have The Rock <clears throat> just uh, just above Cena, but on so many of these categories as we've discussed, they're very, very similar. 
Some might tip the cap to Sano. I tip the cap to Dwayne. Um, Kevin, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm looking at like the way I rated them. I pretty much have them dead even. Like I, I have Rock ahead by a half a point when you total up all the points. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> it is interesting. I, I think. Hmm. At all time. Like, I'll just say one thing. I'll say one thing just as well. Um, mm. What I love about these two, th- this is very much like an MJ and LeBron discussion to me because The Rock, his peak was not that long. He was he really came in in 97 and then he was really out the door by 03, realistically. So that was his real peak. And then he had the run in 2012-13 and he's made some flash appearances since. But that's what, six years, realistically. Cena did what, as Paul Heyman said in numerous interviews, no one else could have done what Cena did. And that needs to be acknowledged. The fact that Cena was the sole guy when no one else in the company could have really done what Cena did. Cena did that for 10 years as the clear top guy and really 15 as one of the big stars full time. So they both deserve respect in their own regards. How great The Rock was in the biggest boom in wrestling history versus Cena, who did something no one else could have done what Cena did. So, yeah. Yo, yeah, and I was trying to think of a perfect way to word what I was going to say. And it, and you kind, of, you kind of alluded to it. Like, The Rocky was at the absolute peak of wrestling. He was involved in that heavily. Had a short peak, but maybe made a bigger impact on the business as a whole than Cena did. But nobody could have done what Cena did. And I don't think anyone will be able to. Cena had the same acts for years and still made it intriguing still made people want to watch and then still and then nowadays he's beloved like it's crazy it's just the arc of cena like a roller coaster ride looking at his career and i i think for i think the longevity of cena and just how long he's been around balances out the rock having a greater impact at a more meaningful time in the wrestling business and i think it makes them dead even yeah like just about as even as you could get I like that. I think that's fair. No, I 100% agree. So, yeah, sound off to us. Do you think we're wrong? We're right? Do you like the show? You know, what do you think? So, Kevin, unless you have any other closing thoughts? No, that's it. But we'll talk to no, you guys on the next good. one. If you made it this far, please leave a leave a review on Spotify or iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That help us out. That'll help us get us in the algorithm. Hell yeah, pal. That, that, that engagement means the world. So, Thank you. Next week, or not even next week, in a few days, we've got our big WrestleMania 39 preview. So we're going to discuss all things current wrestling and really just talk about the biggest show of the year. So that should be a blast. Stay tuned for that. And there's heaps coming after WrestleMania, Kevin. I know the elite heat next week after WrestleMania is going to be explosive. So can't wait for that. And yeah, until next time, that's Jimmy out. There you go.